the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Shampoo your hair, then you condition it. Well, your life's been shampooed. Let's talk about the conditioning, shall we? Hi there, and welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Today and tomorrow, we focus on the conditioning of your faith. We'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. That's where we kick off our time together today. So we understand that ours is a life that is continually being conditioned, sanctified, growing in grace. It's a marvelous experience, a marvelous life that God has called us into. But let's take a look at that conditioning aspect, shall we? With today's edition of Times of Refreshing, here now, once again, is Pastor Napoleon. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I want you to see this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 on down to 5. 1 on down to 5. It says this in verse 1. It says, therefore... When we could no longer endure it, we thought it, would, it, it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother, a minister of God and our faith fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened, and you know. But look at verse 5. He says, for this reason, when we could no longer endure it, I sent to you, I sent to know, he says, your faith. Once again, he says, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. You know, this afternoon, I want to talk to you about the condition of your faith. The condition of your faith. You know, as we look at the word faith in the Bible, it is a, it is, it is a powerful word. And obviously, without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, everything that we receive in God is is activated by the release of our faith. God wants us to walk in faith. He wants us to to dwell in faith. He wants to, to stay in the faith, meaning the doctrines that he has released in the earth. And I think for for some of us, sometimes we think that we have an option while walking with God. But look at your neighbor and tell them there is no option. We have to walk in faith. There's no way that we can possibly please God without having faith in our lives. You know, having faith is a matter of having a firm 
persuasion. That you have been firmly persuaded by God concerning something or concerning his, his, his uh, person. This word faith, that means conviction. That I have a strong conviction in my life in regards to God, his person, and his word. This word uh, faith is also tied to the word belief. So I'm, full, I'm firmly persuaded, I'm convi- I have a strong conviction, and I have a belief. Now watch this, which results in trust. Which results in trust. So I have a firm, I'm firmly persuaded, I have a conviction, and a belief which results in trust. And then, as we know, it's, we, we, we journey on in faith to the point where what we cannot see with our natural eye becomes a reality to us. What we cannot see with our natural eye becomes a reality to us. God's promises become a reality to us, even though we, they haven't fully manifested in our lives. Um, the things that God has say, said concerning his person, who he is. None of us have ever seen the visible manifestation. Or maybe, maybe you have, but I haven't seen the visible manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I still know that he exists. Can I have an amen? I have been firmly persuaded. I have a conviction. And I believe, this, I believe this truth, which has resulted in me trusting in a God that I haven't seen with my natural eyes yet. But that is more powerful than the chair that you're sitting on. That's more real than the chair that you're sitting on. The person that you're sitting next to. And so for us, we have to realize God, he's looking for us to have this type of faith and for us to, to journey on into this position of faith in our lives, personally and corporately. It's something that we should have. We should be firmly persuaded, have a conviction, a belief, which results in us trusting God no matter what goes on in our life. And God begins to open the eyes of our hearts that we might see those things that he has ordained for our lives. And he becomes more real to us than anything we've ever seen with our natural eyes. You know, but the issue that you have here is that faith has conditions. Faith, there's different conditions of faith. And as I studied this and I sat down and I really just went through the Bible, it really blew me away at certain conditions. Do you know that your faith can be made void? There's people who have faith that is void. It's empty. It's worthless. It doesn't profit them at all. There is faith that is weak. The Bible says that we should not be weak in faith. We, there is a, a person can get to a place in their life where they have strong faith. That, that faith is vain. I was just looking at this and I was, I was amazed. You know, as I studied the Bible... I saw that the word that that there's another condition where people's faith is lacking. It's lacking. Another condition was that faith. Individuals faith in the Bible, the Bible says, was growing that you might grow in faith. You know that some people's faith has been shipwrecked. The Bible says this, that their faith was shipwrecked. Shipwrecked concerning the faith. That faith was unfeigned or genuine, genuine faith, that people have genuine faith. As I studied this, I also saw that that soundness of faith was a condition. People had their faith was sound, that they were sound in faith. And then the last one that I that I saw 
was that people were rich in faith. You know, it's a possibility to be rich in faith. The Bible says that we can be rich in faith. You know, I think all of us have to ask ourselves, where are we at? Is our faith void? Is it weak? Is it strong? Is it in vain? Is it lacking? Is it growing? Is it shipwrecked? Is it genuine? Is it sound? Is it rich? Do we have richness of faith? I think for every single person, you know, um, I think that there are periods of times that we may go through where there are times when you feel like, man, I'm just rich in faith right now. And then sometimes you may feel like you're weak in faith. You know, our, our heart's desire and goal, and we're going to see this through Apostle Paul's teaching here, is, is that all of us should long to be growing in faith, to have genuine faith, to be sound in faith, to be rich in faith, to be strong in our faith. And I'm not saying that, you know, I've cornered the market on it, or I, I know anybody who's never had ups and downs in their faith, but it is possible through the Scripture to have these certain characteristics or conditions of faith, and all of us should long to, 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 to tap into this and really begin to see God forward something within us. You know, when you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, you see very clearly here that Apostle Paul's heart was not, he was not concerned about a lot of other things in these individuals' lives. The church of Thessalonica had issues that Apostle Paul was trying to deal with concerning the tough times that they were going through or things that were going on even in their personal lives. And we see very clearly here, his main concern was for their faith. It was for their faith. He says in verse 1, Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother, a minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and, con- and encourage you concerning your what? faith he says faith this was his heart his passion it was his longing for them and i think as a pastor it does us no good if we're if we're looking at just you know how much money people have or or how blessed they feel or how do you know that there's people that live in you know big big neighborhoods around here with big houses and they've got the cars and they've got the house and they've got all these things but do they have faith but do you have faith I mean, that's what Apostle Paul was looking for. He wanted to encourage them concerning their faith. This was something that was on his heart because he was looking at not just their external circumstances. He was looking at what was what was in them. Did they really have faith in their life and were they were they were they established? And he says this here. He says in verse three and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish. Somebody say establish. This word here means to set fast. It means to fix firmly. It means to make steadfast in mind and strength. To establish. So concerning the faith, he says to establish you, encourage you concerning your faith. It means to set fast, to firmly fix. He says to make steadfast in mind and in strength. And I think for all of us, this should be a heart. And this is what we should be receiving from the pulpit, that I am being strengthened in my faith, that I'm being established in my faith. I'm becoming more firm and fixed in my faith. And I have a strong conviction about certain things in my life that I will not compromise on based on the fact that I know this is what God is demanding of me and what he's looking for through his scripture. 
I think, saints, we have to get this down in our minds because understand the devil is in the business of infiltrating and destroying and shipwrecking your faith. He wants to confuse you. He wants to stop you from believing in God, trusting in God, walking with God. And so Apostle Paul's heart was to establish people in the faith, get them to be fixed and firm. There has to be a point in our lives where we're not curious about everything else because we've been sold on what we've heard through the word. Can I have an amen? This is something we need to get back to in the Bible. You know, I don't need to sit down and try to figure out. And I, I do my due diligence and I know what, you know, with different faiths and religions. And I've done my homework for years. And I understand where they're coming from, but that in the day, you're not going to you're not going to change my persuasion. Can I have an amen? Some people get confused and oh, maybe he said maybe maybe Jesus didn't do it. And, and then next thing you know, he start and we try to start trying to and we 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 get away from that which we know to be true. Saints, this is what the devil is in the business of doing. He wants to shipwreck your faith. He wants your faith to be in vain and void and weak. He wants to get all of us to a place where we start to waver in our faith. But at the end of the day, God is looking for us to be set, to be established, to be firm, to be fixed, to to have a mind that is strengthened when it comes to this particular area that I will not budge. And not only just concerning my love for God and my love for what God you know, is doing in my life and things of that nature. But but some of the things that, you know, I'm just going to say this to you, even when it comes to some of the things that God asks you to do and not to do. I mean, some people are just aren't, you know, this is this is one of the things that happens. If When you really believe God, you trust God, you're walking with God. God says, OK, now there's things, certain things I want you to do, certain things I don't want you to do. I want you to stay in line because this is going to help you avoid all kinds of garbage. What happens is we have to become a little bit spiritually stubborn and, and not allow the enemy to persuade us that it's OK for me to do that. It's OK. It's OK for me to, you know, I cuss a little bit. God knows I've got to make my point. The devil is a lie. Let me say, but this is what happens. You know, we start off and we, we're, we're, I believe God. You know, we believe God. I believe God that he's going to send me the right person, the, the right man or woman in my life. I believe God. You believe God? Yeah, I believe God. And then all of a sudden, you know, that belief in God results in maybe waiting a year or two or three or maybe four. And then all of a sudden, the man you was believing God or the woman you was believing God for, now the criteria changes a little bit. Can, can, I, can I preach on this, brother? Can I preach on this? Can I preach on Because then what happens is, wait a minute, you was on fire. You believe God. You know God. God gave you faith to believe for that woman. The woman, not a person. I'm going to preach this today. I'm going to preach this today. Can I preach this today? I'm going to believe God for the person, not a person. But all of a sudden, here come June bug. Well, I'm just getting vision. I can see. I can prophesy. I can see him changing. I can see him. I had a dream. I had a revelation. I had a trance. And God showed me June bug. He wasn't. You know what that's called? It's called shipwrecked faith. Me like it. House. Car God said he was going to bless you or you believe in God for. The job, life. 
See, when it comes to our faith, we want to have faith. We, we have faith in God, and we have to realize that if we're not watchful, that we'll stop from really being firmly fixed and established in our faith, which results in us having a strong conviction about things in life. Because a lot of times, people, most people will not just give up their relationship with God. I love Jesus. I'm not going to do that. But what the enemy can do in certain areas of our lives, get us to compromise with our stance or conviction around areas that pertain to the faith. Can I have an amen here today? And so we compromise in these areas, not realizing that, wait a minute, I'm not believing God in that area like I used to believe God in that area. I'm not believing God. And then the next thing you know, we go down this road. But I love Apostle Paul. He sent Timothy there to establish individuals in their faith. And he said, not only do you establish them, but look at verse 2. He says, and encourage you concerning your faith. This word encourage here, it means to aid. It means to help. It means to comfort. And I like this. It means to beseech, to plead, to beg, to exhort with strong force. Okay? So when Timothy comes on the scene, he's coming to encourage them. He's also coming to establish them in their faith. And there's times in our lives where we need to be encouraged in our faith. The enemy will put pressure on you. He'll try to convince you. He'll send other voices to try to speak. And people need people around them that can come along and encourage individuals in their faith. To aid them. To help them. To beseech them with strong force. Okay? Now, undoubtedly... The tools, and you're going to hear these tools often in this church. The tools that, that Timothy used, obviously, undoubtedly, to establish and encourage these people in their faith was, number one, had to be the Word of God. If I'm going to be established and encouraged in my faith, I need biblical references. I need biblical references. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. So what happens is, it's okay for me to share my testimony, how God brought me out. That's a blessing that can be good. But we also need to turn to biblical references because God is going to move upon His Word. Amen? And so, to establish somebody in the faith, to encourage somebody in the faith, we have to make sure that we're preaching and teaching the Word of God and using the Bible as a tool and as a point of reference for why we believe. Even in certain areas. I'm tired of people saying where I think. Well, my opinion is. Well, let's just agree to disagree. No, we need something as a rule of, of, of authority that gives us the right to stand up and say, thus says, this is right. I mean, there is truth in the land. Amen. And so we have to reference the word of God. Okay. So don't argue. I mean, we have to learn, even, even in the areas that I said, in concerning relationships or things that God may ask you to do. I mean, praise God. If God says, don't do this or do this, whatever it is, we have a biblical reference. There's no need to argue. Well, I don't see it that way. Well, then you need to get some glasses. Because if it said, don't fornicate, that, I mean, how? It doesn't, in Greek, Hebrew? Well, I don't see it that way, brother Kaufman. I mean, what? don't fornicate how else do you want god to say it 
I mean, saints, we, we get to a place. What we need to just tell people is, you know, I feel like doing what I want to do, and I don't want you telling me not to do what I want to do, and then I'll deal with God on the back end of me doing what I want to do. Well, then praise the Lord. That's between you and God, but, but my, your blood is not on my hands because I told you. See, this is the mindset we got to have. But what happens is, saints, we don't use the word of God. We have to use the word of God if we're going to establish people and encourage them concerning their faith. Number two, undoubtedly, Apostle, uh, Timothy, Apostle Tim, Timothy, he used prayer. You know, when it comes to life, we can establish people. We can encourage people in their faith by also praying for people. Every single person in this room, you need intercession in your life. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, he forever lives to make intercession for you. And it's our job as, as saints of God to pray for one another because sometimes the devil comes in and he will attack you in the faith realm. Amen. And we have to be willing to pray. This is important for all of us that we have people that are in our lives that are going to give us the word, but they're also going to pray for us. That prayer is a very big part of what they're doing to minister to us. And you see through Apostle Paul's writings and through Timothy's lifestyle that this is something they did. You read the book of Acts. They prayed for people. They went out. They gave their lives to sacrifice to help individuals, to establish them and encourage them in the faith. The third thing I want to share with you that we can use to establish and encourage people in their faith is, is we have to come to people by way of reminder. Somebody say reminder. Now, this is important because sometimes, and I know this as a pastor, you know, I've heard so much preaching in my life, have read so much in my, in my life. One of the things that I hope that I never do is become so common with, with God's word that I'm not willing to listen to something that I've already heard before. See, all of us in life, we need to be reminded. You know, and it's good sometimes to have people tell you something that you already knew just to remind you again so don't you don't forget what you already knew. It's good. It's good to have people to come alongside and say, you know, let me remind you about this. To remind the people of God of who you are in God. What God is doing in your life. How he's established you. What you, you know, sometimes we can forget what God has already done in our lives. And we need to be reminded. You know, the enemy can blind all of us to the great things that God has done. And we get on a little island and think, man, the Lord, is, he's, he's left me and he didn't do this and that. And we come alongside and say, well, remember what God did for you last time? Remember how he brought you out of that situation? Remember how you was crying last night and you said you quit and you weren't going to come back no more and you wasn't going and you wasn't my friend. And then all of a sudden God changed it around. Now you about me and now you're here again. Now you don't want to talk about it. Can I remind you? This needs to happen in life sometimes. Sometimes we can forget. We, we need to start writing things down. So we can go back and say, well, remember what God did. And then even through your Bible, saints, listen, take your Bible and mark it up. Mark it up. If you're reading your Bible at my house, see this is this is this isn't my this isn't in my Bible. This is my this is my this is my kitty Bible. My big Bible is at the house. That's my big boy Bible. <laughs> see everybody gotta have a kitty Bible. You know, this is the one I can put in my pocket, you know, preach with. 
My wife, I got my big boy Bible at home. I got my big boy Bible. I got my big boy. My big boy about that thick. That's the one that I keep all my revelations in. You know what I'm talking about. When you're sitting there and you're reading your Bible and then all of a sudden something just jump off the page and you got to just highlight it or scribble on it and God starts prophesying to you, speaking to you, and you start writing and then nobody else can really read it but you because you only want to know. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Nobody else can understand the chicken scratch, but you know what God said to you 10 years ago when you were sitting on your couch reading. Can I have an amen in here? Everybody needs that. And we need to be reminded of stuff that God said to us so that our faith doesn't become weak or void or become shipwrecked or vain. We need stuff like that, but we need to be reminded. Reminders. A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding.